Welcome back to the We Was Watching podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm your other host, Chanel. And we've been gone for three years, but we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time we talked to you, we talked to you about Gen V, and we recapped Gen V. We were supposed to do Invincible, but life got in the way, so we're going to do Invincible now and a bunch of other stuff. This is going to be a variety episode. How have you been, Chanel? Um, Man, busy but good i've been working hard and trying to stay in the moment and so that means that we lost a lot of recording time and a lot of appointments were canceled or rescheduled but we are here now and i've been good i'm on winter break and so i made it through the hardest part i think yes the first semester or the first year the first part of the first Mm -hmm. year is very Mm -hmm. difficult uh as you go further, you'll get some more group projects. You'll get some bigger projects, but you'll already be in a swing of things. So you won't be so stressed. It'll be a little bit easier on you. I can tell yeah. you that until the last semester. The last semester is also very hard uh, of getting the MBA. At least it was for me. It was very because you got to do this big capstone like uh, dissertation type thing. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, I did mine on uh, college athletes. And how they should be paid and how their employees, not uh, athletes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. But yeah, you got to come up with yeah. something. So I recommend doing something you have a passion for. It makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah, I have to confess, my capstone might be me going abroad for uh, two months. So oh, you can prepare for that exciting. when it gets here. Yeah, we get, there are some second years who are going to go do that. I think that sounds very exciting. So based on how they... If they like it, uh, I probably would do that. So, yeah, but, you know, we're just pushing forward. We're here now. I enjoyed my break at being at home. And I have been able to keep caught up with the shows. We just haven't been caught up with the recording. So I'm excited to talk about one of our favorites, Invincible. And then because we haven't chatted in a long time, I wanted to, we talked about me kind of sharing all the stuff I've been watching, all the stuff you've been watching and just telling people what's good on TV what's good in the movie theaters and going from there just like a good old catch-up episode did you have a happy holidays did you have a happy holidays i'm an adult now so christmas is just you know so what that mean it it, it is not the same it's not as magical but uh it was fun i mean i'm glad to be with family i actually for the first time ever slept through the the gift unwrapping um that's how tired i was like i was just like i will have to catch y'all later and i shouldn't have been up drinking the night before I, I, it wasn't that it was the driving home it was the like week it was just like one of the first days I had a chance to sleep in since like finals um so I didn't it wasn't a I'm just now having a true break uh, it was a lot going on so yeah you know I'm here I have not been drinking actually I haven't been doing anything it's been preparing for interviews and watching tv and seeing my family um, but I'm content. And so I'll be here uh, at home for a little bit longer. And then I'm going to go head back and get back to it soon enough. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've been enjoying watching a lot of stuff. Like I took my, I decided to give myself Christmas off. And so I watched three movies in the movie theater, paid for them all, didn't sneak into anything. And so I'm excited to talk about those with you guys later today. And then, like I said, I've been catching up with my prime. Did We, we didn't talk about this before. Do you watch Reacher? I want to watch Reacher. A bunch of my friends watch Reacher. It looks awesome. 
Yeah, you should. It's uh, it's interesting too because they made it at first. I think they did the movie, not the show, with Tom Cruise because he's Tom Cruise, and then people were like, "Nigga, the whole point of Reacher is that he's built like he's literally huge," and so they recasted him with Alan Richson, which is actually a great choice because he's this man is big. I'm like, I don't understand how normal people just walk around this big in real life, like. This man is so big and bulk and built. So he's a great Reacher. I like it. Reacher is very basic. He doesn't need yeah, much. He played uh, Hawk on the shitty show Titans. That's funny because people were showing stuff that he did. And I was like, I've never seen this man before in my life until they told me he was Reacher. I did not notice him, but I'm happy for him. He's doing great. He's, you know, people like, for example. To, they want him to be mm-hmm. Batman. In the new oh, James Gunn universe. I absolutely see that. He could also be Superman. Like, he's more of a Batman and what they're seeing him in Reacher, but that doesn't mean he can't, he don't have the range. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Reacher is, so they have a moment where they get offered a hotel suite, and Reacher says the motel is fine. And the people with him are like, Reacher, shut the fuck up and come get in this hotel room. Like, what are you, like, he loves to sleep on park benches, basically. And so I think he just as a character is too rough for people to see him do something else. But I think he, I don't know, maybe he could do more. It's kind of like, remember that Idris Elba debate we had about like, if Idris has a depth, that's who, that's what I'm not sure about with Alan Richardson. Like, can he play, he could probably play a Superman, but I definitely know he could play Batman for sure. So I see that. Cause don't they need a Batman too? I mean, don't they need a Superman yeah. too? Yeah. I think they might've already cast Superman. They just haven't announced it yet. Uh, who do you think it is? Cause that's the first movie. I have no idea, but I imagine it's going to be somebody uh, that can play a very upbeat person. Cause I think they're finally going to actually do Superman and not whatever the fuck Zack Snyder did with, with that character. Uh, but they also named a whole, but they named pretty much everyone else. And that's going to be in that movie. That's cast. Uh, so that's the first new movie in the DC. Well, whatever they call it, the DCU. Uh, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, whatever it's called. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel for them because I feel like they have so much potential uh, with what they built out with DC and they need to figure out this next movie. And then like, I feel like people are so much more critical of DC than they are of Marvel. So I'm hoping that these recasts and everything they're doing works out for them the way they want it to. But um, do you know why they got rid of Henry Cavill? Cable? Seville. Uh, because they're starting over everything, and they got a new person in charge who has a new vision. And he basically, James Gunn basically wanted to like wipe all that shit out of everybody's mind. So like, there's gonna be no DC movies in 2024, zero. So the new universe starts in 2025 with Superman Legacy. Oh, they did, they did cast him. They casted um, I don't know this guy, David Corn Sweat. I don't know who that is. Uh, corn sweat. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Corn, Corin sweat. C O R E N S W E T. I've never heard of him. He looks like a Clark Kent, though. He was in Pearl. Never heard of it. We own this city. Never heard of it. Project Payday. Never heard of it. Oh, he's skinny. He looks just like Henry Cow. They put him side by side, and he, they went out and found his clone. Are they okay? I never heard of this dude. House of Cards. He guest starred on House of Cards and he played a politician. Um, I never oh, you know, you're going to like this. Guess who they got for Jimmy Olsen? 
Guess who they got for Jimmy Olsen, Chanel? Our guy from uh, Righteous Gemstones. Um, the kid. Um, not Pontius, his brother. The one that was the actor and that they uh, that they hated. Justin Whalen. Is it Justin Whalen? No, not Justin Whalen. Um, Gideon from Righteous Gemstones. What's his oh! name? Skyler Gizondo. That's his name. Gideon. Yeah, that he's going to play Jimmy Olsen. That's his name. Skylar Gazondo? I never knew that. I never looked. I guess I never looked at him. Wait, backlash. Hold on. It's been met with backlash because uh people don't like him. What's the what's the what's T? Let's see. Shortly after news, they were they went from excitement to oh <laughs> it's not funny. They went from excitement to condemnation because he is pro-Israel. Oh, he is pro-Israel. He is a Zionist. And he supports the Israel Defense Forces. Okay. Yeah. And then they literally tell us about the Holocaust in this article. Thank you so much. Um, okay. And they just explain Zionism. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's be clear. Okay. He says he does, in fact, want peace for both Palestinians and Israelis. I think we are all super clear here that um how do I say this? Uh, uh I'm not better way to say it is somebody said, Dear God, please take all of my troubles and uh instead give them to Benjamin, not in Nayu. <laughs> and that's probably the best I don't think anyone is on BB's side. I, I don't think anyone is on his side. Yeah, so uh he's even the, the pro-Israel, though, right? even the yeah, pro-Israel people are on his side. They were just protesting his ass before all this shit started in Israel, right. like six like four months ago. <laughs> yeah, I just say all that to say like we both brown, and I don't know how you can interpret that how you want to. No one's on BB's side. Yeah. So yeah, and, Nicholas Holt yeah. is gonna be Lex Luthor. A lot of people were excited about that. Is he black? No, he's not black. You know, black Lex Luthor probably supposed to be black, right? Well, it's Lex giving, was it's black giving... in the cartoons. Nicholas but... Holt. Yeah, Nicholas Holt's gonna be Lex the skinny Luther. one. Why men so skinny? And British. Most, most actors are skinny. <laughs> but like not like these superheroes Lex Luthor is supposed to be built like bulky. No he's right? not. Like, Lex Luthor is a fucking snivelous businessman asshole who has a short man complex. Okay, Lex, no, Lex, Lex Luthor has wide shoulders. He fills in his blazer. I know that for a fact. I mean everybody in comic books looks jacked but if like he were the real life allegory he would probably just be like a sniveling slot So, so did you think Jesse Eisenberg was a good one? I thought that was a weird casting. And, uh, and that's what I'm talking about. That's I understood what they were story. trying to do, but it was a very weird casting. Do you know Kevin Spacey was once Lex Luthor? Yeah. I mean, he was a perfect, he was a good Lex Luthor back when people cared about him before he Clancy Brown, him. that's a good one. Clancy Brown and Justice League was one. Let's see, Kevin Spacey is. In the cartoon, he was black. You know who plays Lex Luthor in uh, Harley Thank Quinn? you. Uh, fucking Boris, uh, Morris, Boris Kuja. <laughs> no, uh, John Carlos Esposito plays him on the Harley Quinn show. 
Oh, he what? Wait, Kevin Spacey do look like a good Lex Luthor. But are you telling me that Boris Cujo shouldn't be Lex Luthor in the No, new, Boris the Cujo yeah. should not be Lex Luthor. <laughs> You're a hater. You hate you hate black actors. That's crazy. I don't want oh yeah, because I want I want I think it's here's the thing. I just had this comment. I was on another podcast, Ball Black Nerds podcast, and we were talking about uh because I had a controversial opinion that the when Bob Iger said that the the point of movies should not be to have a message but to be entertaining, I agreed with him. That does not mean there shouldn't be diversity in movies or that that shouldn't be a big thing. I'm saying I don't give a shit. No one cares if I go to the movie and I see a bunch of black people if the movie's terrible. So like, give me black people in a good movie. That's what I want to see. Black people okay. in a good movie. I don't care. I, the first thing that's important to me is, is the movie good? And then I'll get upset if all I see is a bunch of white people on TV. Uh, well, but I, film, but we were, we, hold on, we were ahead. talking about that, and I said that, uh, and then it ended up going into this thing where it, it transitioned into like Comics Gate, where it's like this whole thing in comic book where people are saying comics are too woke, and you know the typical thing that you mm -hmm. see in general. And one of the things that they complain about is race swapping characters. They're like. Mm -hmm. Why could why can't you just make their exactly. own black character? Why do you gotta change this character to be black or brown or a woman or whatever the case may yep. be, right? And so my point was uh 99% of characters, their gender or race does not fucking matter. And the only reason that they're only reason that they're white men, yeah. The only reason that they're white men is because they were created in the 1960s, where mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's what they did was create white By the men. Way. And you know my rule, you can always make the villain a white man. I'm good with that not nine times out of ten. But, ooh, okay, that's going to give me another thing. Because Viola Davis was so good in Hunger Games as a villain. And she actually plays a villain in, um, you know, like yes. her character in fucking She's Amanda Waller. Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. anyway, okay. I just want to... <laughs> So we're going to talk a little bit about Hunger Games today. And um, I know you always say, oh, it won't take that long, but I literally feel like we're going to talk for a while. So I want to get invincible. But before I do, I found this 10-year-old thread on film boards, uh, which is uh, its own thing. And um, somebody was saying, it's Henry Simmons in the running for Lex Luthor. So I guess they were casting one of the oh, um, that's Matt. original ones. Where... That's Matt well, okay, from so... Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. So somebody said, I think two people who should play Lex Luthor is between Boris Kujo or Henry Simmons. Who should it be? And somebody else said, neither. Lex Luthor is Caucasian. And before you go pulling the race card, it has nothing to do with that. Would you suggest a Black actor for Superman? I don't think so. And so I said, actually, Lex Luthor was Black on the Superman cartoon. So, and somebody said, why not? Why not an Asian Superman while we're at it? This is me. No, I think I wrote this 10 years ago. <laughs> but look, the most watched version of Cinderella had an Asian prince, a black Cinderella, a Caucasian king, and a black queen. That's so true. Also, Superman is not white. Why are Caucasian is a category for earthlings, not fictional aliens from other planets? Okay, that is this so is woke thread. nonsense. This is a great thread. No, it's not, because uh, that's what I was trying to say. I said 99% of characters, it does not matter their gender or race. But there are characters where the the character does not work if you change their gender or race. I couldn't make Black Panther a Latino White. man from Mexico. You can have, that, but I couldn't make me anything. Have, but like, that's why they have. Um, oh my God, how am I forgetting his name? They that's why they have the one from the sequel. He's like he's he's not even Latin. He's indigenous. But 
What was his name in the? No, that's Namor. He's a totally different character. Namor, Namor. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he, but he yeah, cannot he be Mexican. black. He cannot be exact. Well, well, he could be he anything know. because he's he a. a he's well, no, he's not. Well, that's what they made him in the movie. His right. comic book character is he's from Atlantis. So it's right, whatever what you want to say, Atlanteans but, are. And that's the why they can Namor make him like. Right, and the, but they gave him once they gave him the story, right? So it's like once they yeah. gave him the story, that actor had to be there, and that that makes sense. So if the story is driven around that, I get it. What I'm just saying though is it's funny because that thread from ten years ago I just put up is exactly the conversation we're having, and it's just like somebody saying why not make Superman black? It's hilarious because Superman could be green, purple, black, blue. No, brown. he couldn't. No, He's that's from another the point plan, I was making. But we could reimagine the planet. Any way we want to in any new Mm-mm. feature. That's what I'm saying. Why can't we say that? Um, because the the whole point of Superman. Because mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying. Like this is what I was trying to say, and then we can move on. This is what I was trying to say. The, the these characters are 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 characters, right? They have they have backstories. They have there's cores to these characters. There's things that make these characters popular, and there's things that tell the story of the character. The whole story of Superman is that he's this beacon of hope, and he he. He's he's stronger than everyone, but he can blend in when he's not uh when he's not being Superman, but that he's accepted by most people, right? Most aliens, the whole point of a whole thing with Superman with some of his villains are there are other aliens who come here, but they don't look like white men. And so the people on Earth in America don't accept them. They don't look up to them like they look up to Superman because they see Superman as he could be one of them because he looks like a white man. There's a story called Strange Fruits, a comic book that's not made by DC, but it was basically it was basically what if Superman landed in 1952 and he was black, right? Like 1940, whatever, it was like 1940 something and so he grew up, he was in his teens and early 20s in the civil rights movement. It was like, what if Superman landed on Earth and then he was a black man. And then you had this black man during that time period flying around, stronger than everybody, doing shit. There's a character in Marvel called Blue Marvel who's actually that character. And he saved the world so many times. And then they basically put him on ice before all the other heroes came up because his mask came off in a fight and people saw that he was black. And immediately everybody got scared because they realized how racist they were to all black people. And they were like, this black people person is the strongest person in the world. If he wanted to, he could wipe out all the white people like that. And so the government was just like, hey, dog, like, we appreciate your service, but, like, go on and go do this other thing. And so, like, the story of Superman as it's beacon of hope would not work in, if you're telling a story in somewhat real-life fiction because if Superman was Black or Asian or Hispanic in America, if he landed in Kansas... In the fucking whatever, even today in 2023, if a fucking alien came down and it looks like uh Tilda Swinton, then people would be like, Oh, it's fucking alien. Look, aliens are like Tilda Swinton. And then if an alien came down and it could fly and it had super strength and it looked like fucking uh Vin Rains, people would be terrified if Vin Rains came down from another planet and could fly and, and had heat vision. And could tear and tear up shit. So that's See, what I meant. Like the story matters. The with what you're doing, you're doing it where what white people think is most important. And I'm saying that if there's a black Superman, if you set the movie in Chicago, there would be a holiday. So it just really depends on how but you. But Superman to is not a Superman is not a local hero. He's a world hero, and the world is still white. The world is not. 
The world is still white. The world, see, that's the thing, right? Like, that's not true. Cause like more people in the world are Indian than anything yes. else. Africa is everywhere. So the what you're saying, so no, okay. The powers that be might still be white, right? So there would be like a bot type person trying to shoot him down in the sky for immediately, right? I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. All I'm saying is that um the character could be black and that would change the the premise of it the would story change the character. Right. Right. No, it potentially, yeah, but it but it's not, but because of that, that is a thing they would have to handle and it would make it more political than people want it to be, but that does not mean that we cannot have an Asian, black, white, Korean Superman. That's all it, I'm well, saying. Well, you could, it would just have to be a different character. It would shift the story, right? Or it would be no, like I mean you couldn't have, have a black a, Captain America. So we, you there's no way you could have a black didn't they do that? They didn't do that. They did, and he it was a different person. It was a different mm -hmm. person, and he got treated way differently because there's no way you can have a black person be Captain America in 1942 well, America. A, right, but the pro <laughs> but there were black people, but there were black people fighting in the war. You see what I'm saying? So it's like that yes. could be a story, but the story would shift. But the character could still be that, and the story would shift because I think what you're saying is you're saying that people validate who Superman or who Captain America is, but I'm saying that this, the the a person of a different skin color with those same abilities would still be that character. The people around it and the story around it. Well, they it would have the same abilities, but the character is more than just the abilities. Like Captain America is Captain America. Nobody would call a black person in 1942 Captain America because there would be no black person representing America in anything. Well, I think the problem is though, the only way, thing I want to clarify is that you're saying that you're talking about it in a historical context, but what I'm saying is that this is there you could write it in racial fantasy where things are not the same as they were or you could write it and show that white people are racist and that could be how you could write it but yes, people don't yes, want to do that. that that's a right. different character though right. that's not that's not captain america that's my point but they did do that that he was in the tv show with falcon and winter soldier and there was another it was a black person who they experimented on he got the same powers as steve rogers but he couldn't be out in the public traveling around doing propaganda videos in 1941 as this super powerful all American black big jack you know jacked up black man so like he was kind of off the beaten path and they they told that story but like you couldn't tell the same story with a black person but then there's other characters where you could just Namor is the perfect example you just brought one up Mm -hmm. Namor's white in the comic books. His his skin color has mm -hmm. nothing to do with his character or backstory. Mm -hmm. And Atlantean could be blue, like the other people in Black Panther. Exactly. Like they could be any color or black or you know, Mexican, whatever you wanted them to be. It has no bearing on the story that you're telling, right? Uh, you know, unless most you make it the story. And then the and the last thing I'll say is then you have the weird ones, right? And then it's like this really tiny percentage where it's like, I don't know what you do. Like on Doctor Strange. They made the ancient one white woman, Tilda Swinton. But they made yeah. the ancient one a white woman because the ancient one is such a racist trope, right? It's like the old wise Asian man with the mm -hmm. long, with the long, like the long goatee. And they're like, and so Marvel was trying to be like, they were trying to, like, they're trying to be like, we don't want to put a stereotype on TV. So we'll make this person a white woman. But then you're taking a character away that is Asian, where there's not a lot of yeah. Asian representation. Ken Jong would have ate 
Ken Jong with an eight. Y'all really took that from him. Yeah. That's the thing. Like Stephen Yoon, like we could. There's so many Asian people I would have loved. We could have yeah. Michelle. Michelle, what's her, is it Michelle Yo the one from? Yeah, Michelle Yo. Yeah. Everything everywhere all at once. Well, she ended up being in uh, Shang Chi. But yeah, they. But can you imagine though? Like that's what I'm saying. Like, so I do hear what you're saying, but the problem is, it's not. See, the the problem is that's even still from a white perspective of oh, we don't want to do like you could just bring in Asian actors to reimagine. I mean, Asian writers to help reimagine the character in a way that feels authentic, and then boom, that's it. Like same thing with Namor had to be written by people of color because it's so clear. Because like when white people write those characters, they always make them so much more like political than they need to be like same thing with killmonger right killmonger had a point and he had a clear thing and frustration and he wasn't corny about it and that's how you know that that was like written through something that like makes sense to us because whenever people write like characters of color they're always like so angry and then when somebody loves them they they're not angry no more and it's like no 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 this is deep-seated I care about my mission. I'm not this way for no reason and like the way that those characters would be written for you to for people to walk away with saying Killmonger was right, that meant that somebody wrote it in a way that wasn't the way that they write Nazis. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, anyway. I think so. we can all agree Bruce Wayne has to be white, right? I think we can all agree on that. His his whole his whole power superpower is white privilege. Like that's his entire power is white privilege. He's a rich white man. Asian. I could see him being Asian. That's kind of racist. <laughs> I could see him being a super rich Asian. I could. A super well, yeah, he could be a super rich. I mean, he could anybody, any race could be rich, but Batman's superpower like, is is I'm a white privilege. I live way outside the city. I got mm-hmm. old money. Like mm-hmm. my parents was old but money. I'm saying rich. There, are, there, are, there are Asians with old money. I mean, shit, he could be Nigerian the way we're talking. <laughs> and just three generations ago, they came through and they were the richest. <laughs> they did a little, and now his kid. Because it's really about like the great grandkids being spoiled. That's what it really is. If he's a spoiled great grandkid, anyway. But um, see, so you say that, and then I'm like, you know what? Fuck Ben Affleck. Would a black, would a Nigerian have the audacity of Bruce Wayne to even become Batman? I feel yes! like only a white man. I feel like only a white man would so, do that. See, I know you say that, but I know so many Nigerians who are like, okay, no, 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 let me be careful. So many Nigerians are friends, <laughs> and they are part of the diaspora, and they understand the connection. <laughs> But I do know a couple of Nigerians who try to clarify to me that they are not Black American, and I'm I've like, I know, I am not, uh, I'm not confused <laughs> about this. Are you confused? About this? So it would be that person who would be like, I'm, I'm a part of this community. I'll save these people. I think actually, we just hit on, we just hit on something. Yeah, that we is just, a good, that is a good Black Batman story. That would have to be written by a Black person. It, it would have to be written by a specific black person because I would not even trust any black person just to write a Nigerian Bruce Wayne. Do you know the audacity you have to have to be like, I have no superpowers. I got no powers. I'm just rich. And I'm, in this case, Nigerian. And so <laughs> I'm going to save the world. We're on to something. I'm sorry, but we're on to something. Now that I think about it, so somebody write this movie with me, please. A Nigerian Batman is is the remake we didn't know we needed. But <laughs> that, that would be something. That's actually funny. <laughs> All right, let's get into why we're here. So uh, before we talk about investment, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Chanel, you want to talk about, you've been watching a lot of things on your break. So do you want to talk about some of the TV shows and movies that you saw? Yeah, um, 
that's gonna yeah that I mean there's a lot so I mentioned Hunger Games already so I saw Hunger Games A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes I think is the title and I actually started the audiobook um because I was doing a road trip and I was I was able to get it and I was like okay let me listen to this and I was trying to see how they were starting up this prequel about President Snow and so you know the 74th Hunger Games or whatever is like 64 years later so you see this villain you know how he's going to end up and so you're wondering like how is there a prequel about him or like what's the backstory was he always evil and to be honest with you it kind of felt very pointless like it very much was a money grab but at the same time it was good to watch if that makes sense because basically she wrote him as always being like he didn't have a good turn to me of like something made him evil it was more like he was always a part of the institution and then he fell in love with this girl and he had a chance but he was never really in love with her and I think the books made that slightly more clear but not so not enough um so I just didn't love everything about it but I like because when I thought about it I was like I just listened to this audiobook I just watched this movie I just gave Suzanne Collins 17 hours of my time more hours of my life than she already has for me reading all the Hunger Games before and watching all the movies before I'm like what am I doing <laughs> I just have to really sit back and think like what am I okay so um I would say definitely go see the movie don't read the book like it literally doesn't it's not a huge difference the only difference in the book I mean unless you read faster than the movies or whatever the only difference in the book is that it was a lot more clear what was in his head um and the fact that he was jealous of Lucy Gray the whole time but the real standout for me was there's two standouts the minor standout was the um Latin boy who played Latino boy who played uh Sejanus and he basically is like um Brandon his family comes from like the districts which are like the hoods to the main part that's what the get, hoods are they, called this district that have you ever seen you know I've you never know seen any of the Hunger Games movies none of them okay well let me let me frame it for you basically there's it's the U.S. Actually, this is context I got from YouTube. So imagine the U.S. post an apocalypse, right? Like resources run low and um, the cities and the states don't look the same. So there's like a thousand years later, there's like this this government that's like in the north. Let's say it's like an Idaho like area that crops up and they're like, OK, we're going to put together a republic. It's called Pan Am. And so there's 13 districts, but it's not like 13 colonies. It's like across state lines there's like 13 districts in the in the u.s so like put that over the map and there's this like a, like it's like a dc but they're in the midwest now or the the okay. northwest now yeah I get it. Um, so the u.s is broken down to 13 districts district right and the districts okay. all have different resources that they provide to the to this the uh capital but the capital is kind of crazy and stingy about how they do it so the districts rise up against the capital to fight them and besiege them and somehow the capital like I don't know how the fuck the capital is this powerful. I guess like they just had the army and they had the, like, I guess they had, they had collected the resources in a way where none of the districts were really in, that empowered. And so um, basically they go to a war, the, um, and this is like a big spoiler in the whole series, but they go to war and there's 13 districts, like I said, fighting. And um, some of the districts have munitions. Like they literally were producing ammunition. So like they have weaponry and uh, district 13 is like that. So in, the the war is going bad. There's a couple years where like the capital is besieged. Going so like bad for every who? 
the the like um it's going long and it's going bad for the capital and the capital is okay. besieged and so like people do resort to cannibalism in the capital because they're they're landlocked by the other by the other um districts and they're choking them out but i don't know this is why i'm confused because i don't know if like if they had the capital on their knees like that i don't know how they didn't just win already i think that they maybe started going hand-to-hand combat and it was getting like really bloody so anyway district 13 made a secret deal with the capital to say if you leave us alone and let us live on our own we'll get out of the war because like they needed district the districts needed district 13 to to win so district 13 munitions yeah, like because they had okay. like they had like the mo- they ha- oh they had nuclear power they had nuclear okay. shit. So what happened? That's what it was. The Capitol and District Thirteen had mutually assured destruction. They were like, okay, if you could drop a bomb on us, but we'll kill everybody. And so they were like, all right, so just l- let's tell all the other districts that we are defeated, and then we won't we will get out of the war. So they have this video of them dropping a bomb on District Thirteen and like raising the land and everyone being dead. But in reality, people had gone underground, and District Thirteen was like living on their own without anyone knowing it. And everyone thought District Thirteen was a wasteland. So the rest of the districts lost the war, and the Capitol to punish them created the hunger games which is like every in every district once a year they make all the all the children from like age 10 like it's like literally it's up to age 18 right it's like 10 to 18 they pick a boy and a girl to go fight in the arena and only one of them can live so they give them weapons and they make them kill themselves kill each other and the and one who and the one who lives gets to go back to their district and every year they do that and it's mandatory they'll kill you if you don't do it that's what the that's what the entire series is about. These that's what these the hunger games fights. Is. Yes, and so then it keeps <laughs> growing, growing. So by the time we get to seventy four, there's like the like it's about Katniss is the one who like leads the revolution, and then that's when they find out at the end of the of the books that thir- District Thirteen has been plotting on the Capitol this whole time, and they've been like rebuilding, and they have what they need to take them down, and so she becomes a like a double agent to help bring them down. But yeah, the how president, many of these movies is there? There's like now f- four. This the prequels. The oh, four. okay, I can catch up. Yeah, but the book, but there's so yeah, you can catch up on the movies. The books are like there's like seven books now. Um, so anyway, she because the, the the movies are broken across multiple books. But anyway, she she um, there could be five movies. Anyway, so she President Snow is like the big bad guy who's on in charge of everything. He's diabolical as shit. He's he's in charge of all the killings. He's in charge of the games. All that. This prequel is about him as a kid when he was a student in the Capitol. That's what the whole prequel is about. And so, so you know he's evil, but you don't know how. And so, basically, what's cool about the prequel is there's some care, there's some smaller characters that like we you never knew their origin story that they actually introduced here, where people were like in shock because they didn't know that like they started out. Like there's this character who helps with the rebellion who actually you, we find out through the prequel is President Snow's cousin. And basically his family, his family ran the, whatever it was in district 12. I think they like ran the, the weapons in district 12, district 12 got defeated and all their stuff got killed, got like uh, decimated in the war. So his family was poor, but nobody knew because they were like living in a penthouse and supposedly one of the richest families in Pan Am. And so the whole premise of the movie was that he was really motivated to win the hunger games because it was the 10th hunger games in the prequel. And they were like, whoever wins gets full free tuition next year. So he got really motivated to help his tribute. They got college. They well, no, the rich kids in cap in the capital were going to college. Yeah, oh, only okay. them though. That everybody else in the districts they work a trade. Like in the districts, they don't go to college. They so just they go to school. They work. Yeah, they 
they either work in the mines or they work in the making weapons or like and then over time what happens is some districts become like farms like like olympic farms for the for the 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 hunger games because they know like they try to train so they can get picked because what happens is after this prequel president snow gets really into the games and he starts making it where like if you win you get your own house if you win you get to be on tv if you win you get to do x y like so they start making where like not only do you win and you survive you don't go back home you become a star and then the capital becomes really really like they're already gross and disgusting but they become really like gaudy where like they're eating feasts while people are like starving in the districts and so it becomes this real distinct like the people in the capital love like watching the games and they love watching them they like they get excited about it they bet money they send gifts into the to the uh to the games like they watch the games uh like it's like a super bowl for them um and so there's this real distinct difference in the the original hunger games and the prequel people were way more normal like they weren't as gaudy yet like they were just like they just Mm -hmm. had had this war um and so it's really interesting um peter dinklage is in the prequel he and then uh viola davis is the one so there's this doctor who's sick she's like sick in the fucking head and she's like in charge of all the torture and the games and she becomes uh uh president snow's mentor and that's played by viola davis and she has like these riddles she says like she has one eye that's fucked up like she's so crazy looking the whole movie she did so good like you were scared of her you were like okay she's very creepy and so to see viola davis play that i was like okay i love seeing the range of this um alan richardson couldn't have did that you know what i'm saying so that's what the hunger games is it's really crazy the boy who plays the janus is the one who like his he came from the districts and his daddy got rich during the war so now they're in the capital and his dad did that because he wanted to save him from the games and so he's the only one who keeps protesting every time like he'll like storm out of class and be like i can't believe we're doing this this is so inhumane and everybody else is like it's just the game this is how it is like nobody else gives a fuck everybody else is just taking into account like we watch these kids kill themselves who cares so that's kind of the whole thing in Hunger Games. So the the end of the movie is them like breaking through and stopping the Hunger Games and trying to reunite the country. That's kind of the that's what it all leads to. And that was Jennifer Great. Lawrence's character. What else did you watch? Yeah, that was a long recap. Um, well, also because I gave you no, the I'm series. glad because I didn't know shit about those movies. I mean, when you think about it, it's literally them watching kids. Like I'm talking about teen. There was a girl with Down syndrome in this movie, and it was, <laughs> and they were just like, "Yep, like that's how it is." Um. Oh, sorry. One last thing about Hunger Games is there was a controversy because um, some of the characters are not, the characters are never like really very defined by race. And so there was a girl, um, there was a lot of black people in the prequel, but there was a girl in the regular movie named Rue, this little girl who was black. And she was like also like light skinned black, like not even super distinct features. And people were online like, "Mm, I was not that sad when Rue died. Or like, do we think that there should be black people in the Hunger Games? Or like, there was a Hunger Games itself, we're talking about like people getting killed and people are less sad about getting killed because they were black. So this whole like racism and people watching their fantasy is like pervasive and everything. It doesn't matter on the story. Um, I also watched Iron Claw. It made me cry. Um, do you? It's a. I know you know about the Von Erics. Yeah, I know the whole story. The movie. Okay. I, I hear the movie was a little inaccurate, but it was it was fine from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, the story's really sad. I don't know how much they get into the story, but it's really fucked I wonder up. what the enact- No, it's the whole. It's it's the story. Like it's not. It's the 
almost three hour movies, two and a half. It's like very so like you see the into... little the young kid dies from like getting electrocuted, and then no, they skip that. So yeah, so like the the but we know he younger... died. We just didn't see the electrocution. Yeah, we know he yeah, died. Yeah, Brunger's the other brother gets electrocuted as a young mm-hmm. boy dies, and then mm-hmm. the one boy David dies, and then Carrie kills himself. No, yeah, no, 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 you're going way too fast. You're going way too fast. You're going way too fast. So it starts with them, with the dad, when he's the iron claw and he's the first, the first bad guy. And then the first two brothers are there and they're kids. And so we see the boys as kids and then Mm -hmm. like the first two. And then later we see Zac Efron, who is the second oldest, the second oldest as like, yeah, like as like a, um, an adult and no, he's not Carrie. He's, uh, the one with the J. Kevin, he's Kevin, yep. So, okay. Jay, he's Kevin. So, we see him as, like, a teen, like, early, late teens. They're all living at home. And then later on, he talks about his brother who died and how, like, he's not actually... Because he meets this girl who's like, oh, you have oldest brother syndrome because he talks about how he wants one day to, like, have all of them live together in one big house. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I'm actually not the oldest brother. I'm the second oldest. And she comforts him, and then that ends up being his wife. And she, Pam is a game changer, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, they they show all the rest of them, show all the hard work. They show that dad is really hard on Michael because... And Michael is lying and saying, he wants to be he they're thinking that michael is doing classical music but he's actually in a band and so like you see the unity between the brothers because carrie isn't there yet carrie's training for the olympics and so you see the three brothers and they are um very loving of each other and the dad is really an asshole and so like early on you see him being he literally said like okay you all know my favorites are carrie kevin david and then mike you know those are my favorites they could change at any time right like the dad says that at breakfast and um later kevin goes to the mom and says hey i need to talk to you and she goes and he goes dad is too hard on michael and she goes talk to your brothers don't talk to me like literally that's how they are as parents so the whole point of the movie i think was that the parents were terrible right so anyway it's just about them pushing themselves way too hard and not really having any other option besides wrestling um they were obviously very good at it and then like they talk about how kevin struggled with like being um uh, like a talker like he struggled with being the, the character part of wrestling yeah. and how david got better at that and so then kevin when he was wrestling with one the one of the lesser famous guys in the beginning he slams him on the concrete and fucks his back up and instead of being like concerned about his injury his dad is like why don't you get off the concrete sooner and he's like i literally he like he got back slammed on to the con like it was in mm-hmm. so much pain and the dad can't give a fuck and so then after that he had been working this whole time for a title shot against rick flair no not rick flair it wasn't rick flair yet it was one before him um Probably and works. yes that oh that's who harley race is the one who it was his quality it was his pre- it was like his qualified for Harley Race and Harley Race slammed him on concrete yeah. and, he, and he was in pain. So then after that, the dad goes on TV and announces that David's going to get his match, even though Kevin yes. was the one who'd been working all the time. So you, he plays them against each other like that. And so then David is um, on Kevin's wedding. And again, this is why it might be inaccurate, but they wrote it very well. On Kevin's wedding to, to Pam, um, he uh, David is in the bathroom throwing up blood. And he says, you really need to go to a doctor. I don't think you should go to, like, because he's about to go to Japan to get ready for fighting mm-hmm. Ric Flair. He's like, you should go. He's like, no, no, no. And the thing that, if the dad had given half a fuck about them enough to be like, I want you to wrestle and I want the doctor to make sure you can wrestle. Like, like we need to make sure you're good because, like, I don't, like, if you have an injury, 
because my thing is there's this like macho thing he was doing that to me is like also not even making sense because if you really want your athletes to be at the top form you don't want a small injury to become a big injury because you're playing on it so like i understand in the 80s but you got to think about it in the time frame so in the 80s in all sports but especially professional wrestling especially professional wrestling the whole thing was you go to the next town in professional wrestling you go to the next town they wrestled I don't know, 300 days a year on the road every day. And this particular, they were in, they were based in, so back then wrestling was in territories. It wasn't national. So there were territories. There was a Dallas territory. There was a Houston territory. There was a uh, mm-hmm. mid South, which is like Oklahoma. Yeah. They own the Dallas area. one. Their family yeah, they own the Dallas, Dallas territory. One. Yeah. There was a New York WWE used to be called WWWF. It was called the New York territory. So it was like New York, Pittsburgh, Boston, that area. And then it was a mid-Atlantic, which was like Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. There was a Florida, every, there was different territories, right? And in your territory, you had different cities. So like in the Dallas territory would be, you know, Fort Worth, Denton, Dallas, you know, you go to little, you, every mm-hmm. day you go to a different mm-hmm. city, right? And so the whole mentality was you go to the next town, you go to the next town. And, and today in wrestling, they have guaranteed contracts. So you get hurt. They have what's called downside guarantees, which basically means like there's a minimum amount of money you'll make no matter what you do. Now, if you work more dates and, you know, you do good, your your merchandise starts to sell, you get more popular, like you'll get paid more money. But there's a downside minimum that you'll make no matter what. So if you get hurt, if you break your leg and you get hurt or you hurt your finger and you miss a day or you miss a week or two weeks, you get your downside. In the 80s, they didn't have that. You got paid if you made Mm -hmm. the town. And so if you don't make the town, you don't get paid. So if if I hurt my ankle or I'm spitting up blood, but I can go out there and work, I could take two weeks off and that'll be two, that'll be eight days I don't get paid. And so they made the town. No, I see what what you're saying. I think the one caveat with them is like at that point, the WCA or whatever they call their thing was big enough where like people came to them. So they did fight most of their stuff in their arena. Like they did travel, but um, in this in this instance in the movie, they were he was preparing to go fight Flair. And so my point though is that like Kevin and David could both have gone because Kevin had been the one working for it. So the fact that he had a family in a wrestling environment where David was scared to go to the doctor to see why he was spitting up blood regularly, like not after a match. I'm talking about like regularly he was spitting up blood, and yeah. so he yeah he died of the ruptured intestine. And so I'm just saying that like, um, well that's what they imagine. say. That that's in real life. There's a debate on how David died, but yeah, that's what they say. Right. Well, I guess the way that they they framed in the movie was that he was not feeling well up ahead of head yeah, of time. Because like, Kevin like... is the only one still living, so Kevin had a lot to do with this movie. So right. a lot of this is coming from Kevin's perspective, mm-hmm. which is going to shine a little bit of a brighter light on it than what it actually was in some sense. And I actually believe it's probably more accurate than if, if the dad told the story, it'd be a very different, very worse movie, right? Like, because Kevin was way yeah. more honest. Um, But I would say, anyway, so if that is what they said in the movie, that how he died. And my point is that if they had been regularly going to a doctor, like even just twice a year to make sure they were healthy, and then like they can choose to ignore that if they want to, then you would know if there's something going on internally that you can't know about. And and so in the movie, he jokes, like Kevin goes, I guess I don't think you need to go to Japan. And then they both bust out laughing because they're like, of course you're going to Japan, right? 
But my point is that mm. he did not have to go. He literally had a brother who could have stood in for him at any given time. And the fact that right. he pushed himself to go was more about the dad's approval than it was about anything else. And because that comes up later over and over. And so anyway, they right. have this wedding scene and it's the most beautiful thing because right after that is when he David dies. And then after that is when um, instead of they pass over Kevin again and he tells Carrie, because Kevin, Carrie, it's so interesting thinking about like how if if the president hadn't pulled the U.S. out of the Russian Olympics that year, how Kerry would might still be alive. Like yeah. it's like he literally came home. He had nothing else to do. The dad was like, "Come wrestle with us," um, because the dad's still struggling to make the money. He's trying to get them to go like national syndication of their te- like yes. national yeah. lot going live. And so when like for example, when Kevin hurt his back, he took the, he took the, took that out on him instead of caring about his health because he was like that that hurt ratings. And so um. Anyway, Carrie, Carrie was the big up, star. Yeah, so he lets Carrie be the star instead of rewarding Kevin for consistently standing by him. And so then Carrie goes, and after he wins, he wins the heavyweight champion. He beats Ric Flair. He's yeah, a great actor. He's a great in the movie. He says, "I can't come down from this. I'm going to go on a ride on my bike." And he's drinking, and then he goes and he gets he gets in an accident and loses one of his legs. Yeah, um, or, his foot up. He fucks his foot up and so he's um he loses like halfway through amputate. Yep. And yep. so um that is like the first part where you're like, uh oh. And so they talk about this curse in the film, and Kevin is like, I don't believe in it, haha. But then he he like his narration keeps bringing it up, and then you're like, damn, they, they really are cursed. So from then on, Kevin is struck. I mean, Carrie is struggling, obviously. And we see Carrie literally try to put on a because they don't have like good quality prosthetics, right? So Carrie tries to put this thing on that he ties around the stub of yeah. his leg to try to make it a foot and is you can tell how much pain he was in and again this is jeremy allen white acting his ass off you can tell how much pain he was in um and he kept trying to wrestle and kevin was like you don't have to go back in the ring like please and by the way kevin is doing tag teams with people he hates like he loved they loved wrestling together right so he's he's not having fun without them but he's telling carrie don't rush and carrie is like you're not going to be the only one who gets dad's attention and literally that's something and i'm not saying that's what he said in real life but i'm saying like you know I'm that sure, was the no, undercurrent they, of all fritz of was fritz was very hard carrie ended up going to wwf he ended up mm-hmm. finally making the wwf as a texas tornado that was after his foot was broken yeah I mean, exactly he's doing that and people don't, people don't know that he's playing yeah, nobody on, knows. and he's in and he's in so much pain every time he wrestles Mm-hmm. By then, though, so um, Kevin has married, and the thing that was beautiful about this was that. But by then, he had Mike had already died too. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. So Mike died too. Mike. So Mike wanted to just play guitar. They wouldn't let him. He kept telling them, "You're not good enough if you don't if you don't wrestle." So Mike goes out. Good debut. Hurts his shoulder. Has surgery. His fever spikes during surgery. He has toxic shock. He is like rippled after that. Like he's not the same mm-hmm. anymore. His brain's messed up. His shoulders messed up. And he used to love playing guitar. So he dies by suicide. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, the mom is starting to like really go numb. And she's acting because she was trying to encourage him. And he was, he had basically like not protected him enough. And then she was trying to protect him after he got hurt. And he was like not able to recover so now it's just two brothers and the kevin what's interesting about the movie is that kevin has a kevin's married to pam they have a baby and he and she's like at the second funeral she's like you gotta come home and he says i don't want the baby to get it and she's like what the fuck are you talking about he's like i don't want the baby to get the curse right and so my by the way so the idea was that the curse came from them changing their name to von eric 
and um instead of Atkinson and like the the last name carried it. So he named the baby after his his like original name, not Don Eric. And she was like, "You're being silly." He's like, mm, "Just to be safe." So he he doesn't give his baby the name. And then later we see him go come home. Oh, what happens is after he he plays Ric Flair, he fights Ric Flair and he like snaps. So Kevin, um, this is so Carrie's still around. Kevin's Kevin gets to gets his title bout with Ric Flair and he snaps and he claw he iron claws him, but he won't give up and he gets disqualified because he just kind of like loses it. And in the room, his dad and his brother are cussing him out. Like, why would you do that? You mess up your title shot. Like you finally had a chance. Why would you do? And Ric Flair comes in laughing, blood coming down his face. And Ric Flair's like, that was great. We could go again anytime. Like, you want to go get a drink? And I think that Kevin sees that like other wrestlers are like enjoying themselves and going with the moment and all that stuff and so Kevin goes home after that and so that was like an emotional part of the movie that you saw him like hiding from his family he used to sleep on the floor in his bedroom even though mm-hmm. David was no longer there um so anyway from there Carrie decides he's in too much pain and the culmination of the movie is Carrie calls him in the middle of the night and he says I'm gonna come to you wherever you're at and Carrie hangs up and so Carrie had given his dad a gun for Christmas that his dad, like he had given his dad a gun and the dad immediately put it up as a gift. And Carrie, you could tell Carrie was hurt. He was like, what the fuck? Like I gave you this gift. So he calls his dad and he says, dad, I just talked to Carrie. He's in a bad way. Look out for him. I'm on the way. So he gets in the car, he pulls up as he gets there, the door is wide open. He hears a gunshot and we see that Carrie has just died by suicide with a gun and the dad comes around the corner and he's like what the i clearly told you to look out for him and he goes he's your brother you should have been there and he like takes his dad to the ground and he almost killed he chokes him out and he almost kills him and then he stops right at the last minute and he was just like you're fucking useless you're never here for us like he he says what he needs to say and then he carries his brother to the tape to the kitchen table and that's when i was like I'm talking about stream of tears, nose clogged up. Like I was losing it at that point. And then um, from then on, they basically wrapped it up by saying like that. So this last scene, Rich kills it's himself. one of the last, huh? The dad kills himself. No, I, I, they didn't show that. They, they was like, show that? Oh like, yeah. Fritz kills himself too. Uh, it makes sense to me. But um, so the last, one of the last scenes they show is, see, they don't even finish up with Fritz. They're like, cause basically Fritz is trying to guilt him into not selling the franchise after that. And he, re- and he's like, I will disown you. If you sell the franchise, you can never step foot in my house. If you sell the franchise and Kevin, it hits Kevin. Like this will never be okay. And I'll never be happy if I do, don't do this. And also like his family was struggling financially. And he was like, my, like they were in a small apartment, two kids, all that. And so he sold it um, and said, fuck you dad. But anyway, the scene that they do is carries on a boat and he goes across his dock and David and Mike and his little brother, the first brother who has died as a five-year-old, are there waiting for him. And like we were just all in the movie theater, just bawling. It was so just sad. It's a sad and so story. it's just really sad. And then just, just visualizing them, like, because he wrote in his note, like, I'm gonna walk with my brothers again. And then they show that. And so anyway, they end the note movie saying, like Kevin said, fuck all that. He got married to Pam. They have four kids, 13 grand grandchildren. He bought the ranch with the money from the proceeds. And he, you know, lives his best life. And they had a picture of him and his family at the end. Yeah, and he goes to Hawaii was, with no shoes on. 
they had a movie uh, they had a scene now here's what happened that also i'm crying so zach efron is sitting on the grass just bawling watching his little boys play football because that's what him and his brothers and his dad used to do but mind you his dad used to be like run the route get the but like he used to be real intense about them playing football right and he would do the favoritism thing he would like yell at mike for not getting the ball he sees his little boys playing he's crying they come over they go dad what's wrong he goes i used i used to be a brother I'm not a brother no more. He's just bawling. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. They were like, daddy, boys cry all the time. And they were like, we'll be your brother. And I was like, ah, like they just had me in the, just shriveled up. It was so sweet. Cause basically like him having somebody, he was the only one who had somebody solid from outside the family to be an influence on him, to tell him what was unhealthy and what was not. And then I think that like having that wife who had like a goal for herself, she was veterinarian, like she had self-esteem, she had standards. I think that saved, I really think that saved his life because nobody, all the other boys were like in that vortex and wrestling was all they, all they mm-hmm. cared about. It was eventually all that mattered to them. So I would say, if you want to go cry, go see that movie. Um, same thing with color purple, but I thought it was a really good movie, and I'd be surprised if um, Zac Efron isn't nominated or doesn't win for that because it Did was so good. Did you like so the good. color purple? Color purple was wonderful. It was so good. That's was the last musical. It was a musical, but it was a black musical, so it was good. It wasn't no oh one and a two and a three. It was like everything had you had you living. Um, none of the songs were too long. And uh, even the men, like the men, Corey Hawkins was in it, who played Dr. Dre in uh, Straight Outta Compton. That's one of my husbands. And he did great. Like he was, his musical number, he was like dancing. I was like, you better, you better come to Juilliard Musical Theater. And um, Danielle Brooks is going to win something for that. She was one of the most, like, so you know, Oprah did good, but Danielle Brooks was born to play Sophia. She played the hell out of that character. I mean, she's a much better actress than Oprah. <laughs> Fair enough, but Oprah yeah. did okay. Oprah's um, not they, bad actress, but, but if she Danielle wasn't. Brooks she's not is awesome. Brooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then Taraji sang with Fantasia. She kept up with Fantasia, which I was really impressed about because you know Fantasia can sing down. And then they also had, um, uh, Whoopi had a cameo in the beginning, and uh, Dion Cole and who Dem- Colton Domingo, they need their asses beat because how can they play villains so bad? Like they were such good villains, it had me really rethinking how I think about them. I'm like, are y'all really terrible? Because they were too good at it. Um, uh, everybody was good. It was great. Fantasia is really like had me in my feelings. She was good at it. Her and um, there was this moment when like there's a there's a lesbian love scene. Like there's an allusion to les- a lesbian love scene that's very clear. And if you watch the movie, you've seen it before. Um, if you read the book, you've seen it before the book by Ellis Walker. And um, somebody in the movie goes, "What the hell?" Like, because it's black. We're black. We're in a black movie there. And um, and my mom was like, "Y'all never seen the movie?" Because like, if you if you've seen it, you know it's coming. And if you haven't seen it, then you're surprised. Um, and the thing I love about the color purple in general is like the fluidity of the relationships. Her is in it, and I didn't even recognize that was her. Her, the singer, H E R. She's in it, and she plays Squeak. Um, it's beautiful. Definitely go see that. Definitely go see that. Definitely go see it, especially during Kwanzaa. You got three more days to go see it, so go see it. Celebrate Black people. Um, if you want to go see some white sad people, go see Iron Claw. If you want to go see uh White Fantasy, go see Hunger Games. And if you want to go see Black Fantasy, see uh Boris Kujo starring as Lex Luthor and Superman Legacy. No, that's not happening. That's our movie corner. Okay, we got 20 minutes to go over Invincible now because I just uh, talked about everything in the theaters. What did you think about Invincible the first half of the season? Were you surprised by the ending? 
Okay, now you as you say like that, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. Wait, <laughs> what? What happened then? Um, I I knew I knew that. Um, what what's the man's name? The, the dad? Man. What's, no, but what's his name? His, his name is like Matt or something. What's his? Oh, what's his like? What's his name? Uh, what the, like, the regular name? Him? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, uh, um, Colton Nolan. No. No, Nolan. Nolan. No, yeah. yeah, thank you. I knew Nolan was gonna be alive. He no, first of all, he didn't kill him, and then second of all, he just disappeared. Well, we knew he was uh, alive. Oh. Were you surprised he had a child with a cricket? So yes, yeah, yeah, I take that as you I were surprised. surprised. Him having a stepmama that's a cricket is so annoying. Everything about that was so and he was such a nigga about it. He's like, Yeah, this my this my girl. Like he didn't even introduce them well. Like, are you joking me? It was that was a lot. I appreciate like the di- earth dynamics, the mom going through it. I think that's really important to like show. Like she really did get treated crazy, and so seeing her go through that, um, I'm not. So here's the I, thing with that. No, oh, Iron Man is an asshole. However, sure. if you live for like four thousand years, right? Like, let's say your lifespan is four thousand years, mm-hmm. then what is sixty years to you? Or whatever mm-hmm. he knew, he been years. married to her for twenty years. What what is that? Mm-hmm. That's like five minutes. That's like I spent five minutes with Chanel. Um, like to him, it's like oh, I spent I spent yeah. an hour with her. But <laughs> but that but if you know that an hour to my people is like a commitment, then it's kind of like it just makes you more of an asshole because you knew what marriage meant to Amer- to the Earthlings. You know, like you know all these constructs, so you are still like a psychopath for that. But um. I agree. I think that, like, I feel for him because in his mind, this is the way, right? Like, in his mind, he's from Israel. Just kidding. So, um, he's just like, okay, this is what I have to do. Like, this is how we do this. And I, I love the idea that in multiple universes, so in multiple universes, in most of them, Mark goes along with him, which was really interesting. I didn't know, like, there was going to be a multiverse aspect to it. And then yeah, I also love Sterling multiverse. K. Brown's. I'm really interested in Sterling K. Brown's character making a comeback and what that whole setup was because we basically saw that like he had all these brainiacs and all these dimensions and then he mm-hmm. like blew up the brain scanner hacker thing and now I, is he coming back? Do you he think? He's coming back. Yes, he plays Angston Levy. He will be back. Yeah. Okay. So and he becomes like basically somebody who has all of the trauma in one brain um and doesn't even like doesn't remember the intention behind everything he wanted to do was to take all of human suffering and knowledge to sit, solve all the problems across all the universes um and he then just because, knows that invincible caused this accident and, and so he, he did cause all, the accident because invincible yes. be coming in like an asshole like hey what's going on and they were like hey mind you he did see the, the clobblers whatever their name what are their names oh the yeah the twins the i don't twins. remember their names but he did see them and he was like, okay, if y'all are here, some bullshit. But they did say, can you give us five more minutes? And you know what? In his defense, if I showed up and my like my ongoing rivals were doing some shit with a <laughs> with some dude in a machine and there was a bunch of energy sparking off of it and they were like, can you give me five more minutes? I don't know that I would give them to them. But out of curiosity, I might be like, all right, what, what are you working on? Like, can you show me the, show me the plan? Um, so yeah, Invincible is going to get I'm very curious what they're going to do with Amber because... Yeah, the Amber character in the comic books, the ending, the the what happens to Amber in Invincible in the comic books, it'd be really interesting to see how they do that, given that they made her black in the movie, yeah, <laughs> uh, in the TV show. So I'm not gonna tell you what happened, but like 
it'll be really interesting to see what happens. No, 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 that's not oh. what happens. But it's it, it's probably interesting to see what happens there with with Amber. There's mm-hmm. a scene in the move in the comic books that I was talking to some friends about who read the comics, and we are having a debate if because the the TV show has changed some things, kind of mm-hmm. like the boys where. Mm-hmm. They've made some changes for the better in the comic book. Like sometimes things in the comics are salacious just to be salacious. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're salacious with a point, but they like there's a point for it to be salacious, mm-hmm. but it was done with the tact of 2002, right? Which is not the same tact that you would have in 2023. Even if you're like you're telling that story for a point, you would tell it differently in 2023 than you would in 2002 right there's things like that that you see all the time in storytelling there's a thing that's going to probably come up towards the second in the second half of this season with a character called anissa that uh i i i'd be if they do it which i actually think they're probably going to do it i'm really going to be interested to see how the internet and how people react to it because it's a very it's a very like I can't believe I just saw this moment uh, in the show. So that's coming up in the second half of the season. Uh, I really like the stuff that's going on with, with Mark's mom. Uh, that happened in the comic books, but they didn't really give it as much attention as they've done in the show. And I kind of like how they kind of fleshed out the trauma that she's going through uh, on the show to kind of, because something comes up with that more. And uh, like in the second half of the season, there's going to be something that comes to that. But in the comic books, they kind of skip all this part that we saw of her like going to the meetings and dealing with all this trauma. And so it kind of gives more gravitas to what's going to happen uh because of that. Uh so like I thought that was I thought that was really well done on the TV show. They've made like that's what I meant by like they're making some changes. Uh, I like some I like how they gave more depth to Adam Eve. First by giving her her own show, her own little special show episode, uh, to give some backstory to her, but also like now they found a way to make her, you know, like she's like a do-gooder. She's like a, she's kind of like like a leftist in real life, but like doesn't realize that like sometimes her actions have like consequences. Like you can't just like do everything that you think is right with like no regard to any type of rules. Like sometimes rules are there for a reason. And like, I love how they had her like build that thing up in Chicago, but like she didn't follow any guidelines and that shit just fucked up and sunk. Like that, like, cause that gives some depth to that character. It's like, yeah, I want to do good, but like, sometimes rules are in place for a reason. Like, sometimes there's these things for a reason. Uh, sometimes they're not. Sometimes things are just corrupt and fucked up. But other times there's a reason why these things are in place. And so I think that was really well done. What did you think about um, the big fight at the end with the vulture mites coming and fucking everybody up? Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing Omni-Man didn't do was, like, train... I guess, like, he got his powers late or something. I'm trying to remember in the he beginning. Um, yeah, so, like, but I think that what, I, what Iron Man... <laughs> what Omni-Man did wrong was, like, not fully preparing Mark. I think that, uh, you know, it's great that he's sweet and he's human and he cares about humankind. Like, I'm good with that. But what I don't love is uh, that he was, like, very underprepared. I think it was very interesting, though, that he, like, didn't want to kill that girl. And it was like, nigga, you're going to. Like, she's literally murdering you. Like, she's not. She's been so clear about it. Like, she wants to kill you. It's not a. She's not trying to teach you anything. And I think, like, he didn't really want to open up that side of him, which I also, like, 
thing I just appreciate, like as a human, you know, like actually having some boundaries for how you want to act to other people. Um, and I appreciate the dad being like, look, we're all, not only are you going to die, everybody else on this planet that's trying to escape them is going to die. And you will have been a part of bringing the attention to this planet for this to happen. I think that was like a very effective because um, it got Mark into gear and got his ass like thinking about the fact that he needs to win the fight so I was actually proud of him that he pulled that out because I did I was thinking like is Mark weak like what's good why is he struggling so much in this fight and it's because he was holding back um so I do wish his dad had like prepared him better um but obviously that's what creates tension in the show so it is what it is but um yeah like I mean I think they're terrifying like the Volchmites are not here to play with you they're literally here to kill and then they go home what are you looking forward to in the second half of the season? Um, I think it's interesting to see if Mark does go like what we think of evil, right? So if Mark does become a full Voltramite and like lets that in, I think he'll always be human and he always will be different because he is the only one um who is So the uh, Voltramites, one thing you should know is the Voltramites have this thing, right? Like they it's I don't it's not racism exactly, but that's the best word I could use is they don't care because they send they send people to all these different planets in the universe, right? And they're part of the galaxy and to like do what Omni-Man did. And so mm-hmm. they don't care if you procreate with races that they deem okay. Right. right. Like so like Superior. humans are humans are close enough to like them without all the power, but like they're close enough mm-hmm. to them that like they don't particularly care so much. They really but they have a problem. also making, but they do still make fun of humans. <laughs> like they are still like y'all. Are yeah, whack. but they had a problem with Omni Man having a baby with the cricket people, right? Because they're like because they're he, random. He view they view them as like less than like much like much less than worthy of mm-hmm. a a vulture might procreating with, right? Mm-hmm. So like they have this rule, and so you're gonna see that come into play at some point uh, with other vulture. There's a lot of vulture mites that you meet through this story. So just so you know, like. The like this show, I'm guessing, is going to be seven seasons. Would be my guess. Like it's 144 oh. issues in the comic books, right? So like it, it like it, it started in 2003 and it ended in 2018. This is in the comic books, so like. Hmm. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of issues. So they have so much to talk about in this. Uh, they're moving a little bit faster. I will say mm-hmm. on the TV show, but not a lot mm-hmm. faster, but a little bit faster. So it's not gonna be like this twelve year thing, but I imagine it's gonna be like seven years worth of story. So like, just mm-hmm. to put that in context, we're at the very beginning. Like, so much has happened, right? Omni Man's killed the Guardians of the you know of the of the Earth or whatever. Like, Mark's got his powers. They got into a big fight, destroyed Chicago. Omni Man left, went to another planet, had a whole nother child with a whole nother species. Mark mm-hmm. is dealing with oh. the shit with his mom, went there. Mm-hmm. Like all this has happened like a season. We still got a lot of story left. So like I'm really excited to see some of these crazy things that happened and how people react. I agree. I think there's a lot going on that is um, you know, I don't I don't have the perspective of what's what's going to come so I'm just kind of taking it all as I go um and I'm enjoying not knowing what's happening um I like I said I knew Omni-Man would still be a factor I definitely didn't know that man was out here 
I don't even know like what like what is her like do they have vaginas? You know what I'm saying? Like what is the crickets? Like what does it feel the same? I just am so curious about like even do vulturites have the same organs? Like what like it just makes me think way too much about uh, biology. But like does it feel the same? Because like obviously I feel like he's so powerful. I feel like it's like um it's like there's this very um anti-feminist scene in Twilight where Bella like is telling Edward, like, yes, I want to do it, like the very first time. And she like he like bruises her up. <laughs> well, that could happen, but they know how to control their powers. Stuff that we they talked about it in the show. Remember when Amber and Mark was gonna have sex for the first time, Mark's a virgin. And Amber's like, you're not going to break me in half, are you? And Mark's he's like, like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I can't be sure. But but what I'm saying, though, I was just laughing because, like, of all the, the content that we accepted as teenagers, like, this girl literally was in love with this vampire, said, please do me. And then he fucked her up. And she was like, I feel fine. And it was people were like, is she abused? And people were like, it's sexy. So there was this, there's debate. And that's just what it took me back to 2007. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that um she is Amber, like I'm curious to see what happens with Amber Eve as well because Eve's having her own moment where she's not really feeling it. Oh, there's a whole thing with like the 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 bootleg Justice League that they are, and them figuring that out. There's oh the alien, the alien Martian. thing that came from Mars, the Martian that came from Mars, and he's they're supposed to be evil and they're supposed to take over, and all he wants to do is <laughs> is assimilate and be like one of the bros is hilarious to me i don't know what's gonna happen with that but i think he's so funny because he's so clearly weird and they just keep laughing it off and i'm like nigga it's the march and like y'all are in danger stop laughing um but yeah i think i i'm it, to answer your question i am i have no idea what's gonna happen in season two i hope that uh the friend the gay friend has a good time in college. I want to know. I want to just go to a class with him. I want a bottle episode of him just going to college because huh. it's too much other stuff going on. You know, like he's still living his life. Uh, I don't know if Amber and him are going to make it. We'll see. Because I, I don't think he can ever have a future with Amber because I think he still has a Baltimore destiny. Um, and uh, I'm, I am curious to see if we see what's happening in other universes. Like we flash at one episode to um, him promoting it in uh him promoting like the vulture right way in a planet and mark being really intense and evil about it and i want like i just i'm curious about like if those worlds ever collide but in general you know it's a it's a show i love uh on youtube prime video posted like a thing like a, a meme or a gif or whatever saying like a gif saying we can't wait for season two like waiting for season two to start and they have like invincible on there and people were in the comments like are y'all two. fucking yeah, people were like, "Are y'all fucking kidding me? We're the we're the ones waiting, and you're the ones making it." Like they were in, they were on YouTube going in on them because they were like, "Don't joke about season about part two of season two if you if you're the ones holding it back." Um, so going back to like the strike conversation, I think that they're, I think they probably have not like I, it might be written, but I don't think it's been produced at all. So I think we are in for a wait because It'll be animation. This year. Yeah, I just think animation takes such a good a long time though. I don't think it's waiting to be ready is what I'm saying. I think it's I think they're still fi- finishing it. But it's like I think they've already started striking. season three too, so that it comes back oh. at a normal time. Well, good for them because I, I just know like well, as soon as the strike ended, people got back to work, but like that's still unrealistic to get people to get all the way back on track. So um anyway, that's this has been a really long conversation with us. So you guys can see us again. Apologies, it's all my fault that we have. No, I got something but- to say. You got to talk. 
for 87 oh, minutes. Please. Oh my God. Go Everyone should, you should get on check out. I think Apple Plus is the best streaming uh, network. Like everything I've watched on there, I've really loved from Severance to Foundation. Foundation, by the way, is like the brownest, blackest fantasy show ever, to be quite honest. Like 98% of the characters on there are brown or black, uh, which is awesome. Um, and then Silo and uh, what the hell was that TV show we talked about with Idris Elba? Um, Hijacked. And now I'm watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is in the Godzilla Kong universe, which is uh, an awesome television show. And by the way, I don't know how much money Apple spends on these shows, but like the kaijus on these television shows look like movie quality. Like I've never seen anything like that on TV. It's pretty kind of startling to watch how good the shows look. Um, but obviously they're building like a bigger universe. Uh, for this monster universe that they're building there. And so uh, I think that's really cool. For All Mankind, I caught up. I binged that to catch up before this season. That's basically like, that's an alternate history show. So essentially it's like, what if uh, the Russians got to the moon first before us? Like, how would that change everything? Because like in our timeline, we got to the moon. That pretty much ended the, it started, well, it didn't end, but it pretty much started the end to the uh cold war like and so all that stuff happened but and then we kind of like took a whole bunch of money away from nasa because we weren't fighting against anyone anymore right we we had all that we went from nothing to the moon in like 10 years because or 12 years because we were fighting the russians in america at that point it was like this idea of like america superiority superiority and they were like we're going to invest and whatever the fuck we have to to do this. And we had all this innovation like Tang and frozen foods and micro like all this stuff came out of the space race because you have to figure out how to get how to survive to get to space. So like all these things that we use in our everyday life, microchips came from the space race. And then we just stopped because there was no one to fight anymore. In this universe, Russia gets there first. And so now it's a tit for tat. And they, because America's, as we know, is not going to just sit back and do nothing. So Russia gets there first. Now America wants to one up them. And then Russia wants to one up them. And then America wants to run up them. And so the space race keeps going. And NASA becomes like the highest funded American uh, government agency. And so you kind of see like what would happen in these. And so, and a lot of things outside of that happens alternately. Like different people get elected as president because like we're not in Vietnam as long. And, you know, the recession doesn't happen because we've developed these new technologies. So, like, they go into, like, the real world on, like, how it affected politics and, like, different people get elected, different things happen. Certain things come in earlier, like electric cars end up happening in the 80s because we've moved, because so, we kept this thing going, the technology that we developed the technology for electric car batteries earlier than we did in our timeline. So, like, it's a really cool alternate history story uh, with some really good acting. So, uh, you should check out For All Mankind if you're interested in that type of stuff. That's, That's a great it. commercial. Oh, and I'm also re-watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine because I want to see the black captain, Captain Benjamin Sisko. He's the first black captain and the star was first black lead on the Star Trek show. And so this was from like the early 90s. And so it's pretty it's pretty interesting as well to watch that in 2023. 
Yeah, I think Apple Plus is where it's at in so many ways. Um, it's a great show. Me and my mom are watching while I'm home, we're watching um uh oh my god, uh Slow Horses. It's a show we've gotten into. It's like a British like a MI6, but like MI6 rejects kind of show. Um and it's very good and we enjoy it because we are part British in our hearts and yeah i mean there's so much good tv we're back from the strike things are recouping um yeah like we're definitely like old british women and in the lifetime um it's just like i can watch agatha christie and murder mysteries and shit like that from britain all day every day like that's i could do it um it's like i love that equally with like black (laughs) black film and everything else but yeah so we are um we're excited we you know i'm not gonna we're not gonna make big commitments here okay we're gonna try we have some shows in the in the the tuck that we think we can get it get onto in the spring um we have some shows we've talked about a lot about recovering recapping that we haven't done yet that we might be able to do some one-offs for um all we ask is that you guys stay subscribed to the we was podcast um we will yeah, like it's gonna say we was invincible for the moment until this comes until season two comes back. Share with your friends. Um, you know, set the alerts, check in. We'll try to get back to weekly, and if not that monthly, and if not that biweekly, you know, we'll do our we'll do our best. You can follow me at Chanel Creating on Instagram and Twitter. Although Twitter is private right now, but Instagram is always open. Um, you can follow Brandon on Instagram at uh, Why So Serious Podcast, and you can also see all his other shows there. Um, please subscribe to his other podcasts that have been regular throughout the last year, um, and then also on uh, Twitter as That Cool Black Nerd without an A or a C in Black. Brandon, anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, that's it. Bet well it was we miss you guys. Please send the emails, the tweets, the texts, the voice notes. We would love to hear from you guys again. Um, we appreciate anybody who can come back and listen since we've been gone for so long. Um, it's just school is getting the best of me, but we're here and we still love TV. And until then, uh stay invincible. See ya. <laughs>